It is time to tune up the band and rebound for your greatest lariat, for it is another sweet chinwag. I am Sam, joined as ever by Dan and Riordan. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my goodness, I am excited for this episode. I have been so excited to do this ever since we first conceptualized this whole thing. Um it's been a long time now... coming. <laughs> and now that we're here, I'm so giddy to get going. So it's just like, ah! But we have to do some housekeeping first. As ever, we give you this podcast free of charge. Thanks to those people over at SoundCloud. Forever pending, even after we're not pending here anymore. <laughs> In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only pending. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty grim summation of life at the moment. We'll really. stick that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There is only pending. <laughs> but... No ending, only pending. <laughs> Biggie's new, Biggie's new <laughs> move, the big fat pending. Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to go after this now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do know where to go. <laughs> so this episode, as I said, we are a brand, brand new segment. Uh, but before we get to that brand new segment, we're going to mosey on over to Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. That Drake was Maverick. smooth jazz one right there. That's the smooth <laughs> jazz right there. <laughs> now I just had a really random thought, and I have to remind myself not to do it because it will be a very specific audience that will get it. What Drake oh, Maverick yes. ricochet? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, <laughs> not Drake Maverick ricochet. Well, may I may I say that we do hit a very sweet spot when it comes to audience members, so you never know. You never know. <laughs> oh, so uh, I was going to do. Da, 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 wrestling news. Oh wow, yeah, that is that is that is obscure. So for for those few musicians in here or people who have to watch Adam Neely videos, you'll know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get into the weekly review. I mean, there's basically only one story that matters from Raw, and it's the fact that we are no longer having the iconic. So I'm angry and sad, and Vince is now a touch old man, which we'll get to later. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but still. Uh, it's... Oh, man. All I can say is, you got to be joking me. <laughs> I'm angry. You've I'm sorry. Joking me. I'm tired of this narrative that for singles pushes, that the teams have to break up. <sighs> oh, yeah. It's oh, old hat. <laughs> Big E can do it. Why not Peyton Royce? Kofi could do it. Kofi can do it. Like, why not just have Billy Kay as a mouthpiece? He's probably gonna be end up getting underutilized now because Vince is obsessed with like one person at a time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... cool for the story. I mean, for getting it going ahead. But I'm just like, I I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know if it really serves to do any great help. But yeah. we'll have to see, and we'll have to see how Peyton Royce gets treated as a singles wrestler. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. You know, it's... Oh, really, no. I, I, to be honest, I didn't pay much attention to anything else from Raw, so if anyone else knows anything, then uh, 
no, feel free to add in. in. In all honesty, that was kind of the big headline coming out of Raw, and really, it's the only thing. I think really Alistair Black made an appearance. Oh yes, uh, wearing the best in, wearing the best in Tetsuo headwear with a bandage covering his head and eye. Yeah, I, I do remember that. <laughs> it's a shame that he didn't lift anything with his mind. Or didn't have any psychokinetic uh, abilities, which I, I mean, would have really got him over. I mean, to be fair, for Alistair Black, that seems pretty on brand. Come on, that is very true. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would prefer if we didn't have a Tetuo situation in the world. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I mean, especially with the ending of Akira. Should we move straight on to NXT then? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, the big things coming out of NXT, uh, the first one I do want to mention is Timothy Thatcher picking up the win against Bronson Reed. I have to say, I love Bronson Reed's entrance. I don't know, I don't recall there being, I don't know if this is a more recent thing, or if I just never noticed it, but it was a really, really cool entrance. <laughs> yes. Very cool entrance, uh, indeed. And a very, very good match from the pair of them. Oh, uh, fantastic. And uh, I think it really shows why uh, the two of them should be moving into uh, the title picture, however it looks. Yes. Absolutely. Going ahead, really. Even um, with the interference of Stephen Richards, uh, I think it was a, <laughs> it was a very, it was it was a solid match, and no, definitely worth that. These guys are definitely up in the upper mid card, uh, challenging yeah, absolutely. the North American title, as they should be. And if Timothy Thatcher holds the North American title, I will be all for it, if not just for the nature of a British person holding it. Yeah, well, that as well as uh, it looking freaking... He'd probably be the only one that would make it look freaking amazing as well, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, de it's definitely it's definitely sitting at a really, um, you know, kind of solid place in, in the title rankings. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, anything they can do to really elevate, and which I think they have done, um, it's just re really, really appreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I know a lot of people often say that they they never really paid attention to their what we term mid card titles, but when you think about it now, um, you know the US titles got a big place of prominence. Mm -hmm. um, the IC titles now got a lot of prominence with Sami Zayn coming back, mm. uh, which I'm all for because I love Sami Zayn. Who doesn't love Sami Zayn? Who doesn't, love, Sami Zayn? Does. Uh, Is, can he Who doesn't love Scar? Can can can, can Sami Zayn touch his toes for once now? Is the is he okay? Is he fine? <laughs> I think you should be fine for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But um, it looks like we're going to be getting uh, a, re a really strong North American title picture. We had the four-way match uh, for the NXT title, which uh, a lot of people complained about, uh, about the finish. I think, if in all honesty, it is the most expertly smooth finish to an Iron Man match I have ever seen and that is a true testament maybe to the wrestlers but maybe also to the editing team we never will never know yeah. in any case <laughs> it was so smooth and especially from Adam Cole yeah definitely um, so the finish was and I really do like this with everyone at one full of peace Gargano and Champa in the ring uh, knocking lumps out of each other uh, Champa and Gargano uh, sprawled on the floor um, after a superplex. Uh, Champa does to Gargano. Bala hits Champa with a coup de gras, picks up 
the two falls and with 10 seconds left Adam Cole runs into the ring and gives the last call to Balor and with three seconds left on the clock um, picks up the free count and it's tied at two and two for Balor and Cole to which we will see next week who will be NXT champion I liked this ending I really yeah a, lo- a lot of people ending. complained about complained about the match uh Mostly just in regards to the fact of it's like, oh, a 60-minute Iron Man match, and we still couldn't get a decisive winner. But <laughs> but then again, remind them of WrestleMania 12. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's that. I think a, a lot of it as well is um, just that, yeah, for what the company's trying to do, having that, and then going into another match, kind of it kind of makes sense mm. for them to do it. You know, I, I could easily see that as like a a, a more business decision rather than a booking decision it's just a vehicle of allowing that to happen and we're going to be getting a match between Finn Balor and Adam Cole so I can only expect (laughs) so I can can only really say what kind of amazingness they're going to get up to yes without question see this is how you do a rematch I won't name names KSI Logan Paul this is how you do a rematch properly oh my god don't bring that curse content here yeah yeah do not bring that Okay, Sorry, you want to bring can't. that curse content? Uh, you want to bring that curse content? I'm bringing my own curse content. I would just like to say congratulations to Vacant for defending his title. <laughs> Successful title defense of Vacant there, see? See what you've done. See, you've got him started off again, Sam. What is your problem? Sorry, not sorry. Uh... <laughs> God. Let's move on to SmackDown, shall we? <laughs> Uh, well, as I said to these two earlier, my only note for SmackDown was just Jay Uso with a question mark. <laughs> and of course, that's literally it. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it makes. I, I want to say it makes sense, but it really doesn't. It's like you know what someone well, said okay. on Twitter. It's like this is now the Bizarro world where Universe Mode has now bled into reality. Yeah, <laughs> like this is this is definitely a, a solid. Well, it seems like a solid universe mode booking. Um, I mean, to be fair, this is a separate thing, but I do think that WWE is trying to do everything it can to just dissolve its tag division. I was about to say the same thing. Because um, if you haven't been uh, following the news, and I should have included it in here, um, I actually didn't. Uh, AOP just got released. Yep. Um, I can't remember which one of them was injured. I think it might have been Razor. I think it was Razor that was injured, mm. but um, because uh, Razor was injured, Akam was being kept off TV when they originally evolved in the Steph Rollins storyline. Yes. Um, until eventually they were just like, well, one of them got injured, and they're like, well, we can't have one of you on TV for <laughs> whatever reason. Uh, I don't know. Um, but just now they're gone, um, and now we're getting Jey Uso singles push um, I, I assume this is just because they want to build something with uh, Roman. I hope so. I mean, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they are in some way related. I, I think they're like cousins or something. I think? Mm. I'm not sure. I know, like, he is The Rock's cousin. Um, Actually, yeah. that, is a, that is a very uh, misconstrued myth. Uh, oh? That the Anno that he's actually part of the Anowai family, uh, I, I believe Roman, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. more related to the Usos than he actually is to the Maivia family. Um, oh, 
I okay. think they're not even that re- that very well related. I think they're like it... seventeen times removed or something. Oh wow! All right, fair enough. Yeah, so weird bad. like that. But I, they... I, I I assume they're trying to do some kind of storyline. It's going to be pretty quick investment for everyone. You know, it's Roman being like, "Oh, you want your shot now? Have your shot," and then you know you're like my cousin or whatever, mm. and so everyone can get very quickly. Um, invested I mean, in it. I mean, if this is pushing for a Samoa Joe Roman Reigns uh, title feud, I'm all for that. I mean, Mate. come on, that's Samoa oh hello, Samoa. hello, hello. <laughs> uh, I won't ask for any uh, oh royalties, my. WWE or Bruce or Vince. I'll just say, can you just make it bloody happen? Yeah, it definitely seems interesting. Although right now, my the only thing I'm really paying attention to because I'm still not totally interested in the blue universal title because roman reigns is the ic title picture uh with Sami Zayn returning and aj styles still insisting that he should have the ic championship despite the fact he lost um but they've built it into the storyline with um jeff hardy having the knee brace and everything mm. Great uh, work but i'm just really that. interested in it great work from sammy as per usual um... oh sammy sammy's great his i mean he hasn't lost any of his mic skills oh. um just and makes me realize... I'm just so happy to, you know, see him doing mm. so well and doing really strongly. Considering, like, you know, I I never really would have thought about Sami Zayn and AJ Styles mm. working particularly greatly together, but actually, it's working really well. And to be fair, <laughs> Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy is a, a, a weird pairing that I really like. <laughs> That's, yep. That is some real peanut butter and jelly kind of pairing, right? <laughs> Uh, it just makes me realise something as well, is that you really, really start to realise they've been at the company, both Kevin and Sammy have been in the company for a very long time, and then you start to realise, man, they should be having more world titles, they should be in the main event more, shouldn't oh, they, than they yeah. are. I, with Sammy, he gets a bit more injured than at- Kevin mm. So that well, is yeah. one thing, but like Kevin Owens, the fact that I'm like, wait a minute, what's Kevin Owens doing? And I didn't have an answer <laughs> was weird. Being being like the the substitute for the Rey Mysterio Seth Rollins storyline, mm. which is stupid. Which we I mean, which is weird forget. because he was like pretty deeply involved in that storyline, and they were just like, actually, you're not essential to it. We'll just get rid of you. You know, you know. You know who I'm surprised he hasn't had like a monster feud with, Andrade. Mm. Again, you'd think, but like we're still waiting on the supposed Andrade and Angel Garza singles push, and that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Speaking, and of that was originally pushes. out back in like June. <laughs> Speaking of singles pushes, the implosion of Bailey and Sasha Banks finally. Oh yeah, happens. as well. Oh, that happened. Do you know my favorite thing is. After all this slow burn, people have been saying that it happened too soon. <laughs> and this is this why has Vince been thinks we're fickle. Oh, like months now, it feels. Oh, it has been actual months. <laughs> Years. It, this this feels like it's been going since, like, I mean, if you want to trace it all the way back, it goes to back to like 2015. <laughs> yeah, but, they like they haven't the the their um tag team hasn't so much as imploded as much as decayed <laughs> pretty that's actually a pretty accurate way of describing it modified yeah. over time uh <laughs> but um no i mean it's it's definitely interesting um 
I think it was the uh, a tweet someone put out where said, if you told me last year that Bailey was going to be a monster heel and Shayna Baszler would be babyface, I'd have punched you. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, this much is true. It's so strange. It's so damn strange. But so, I, do. I mean, 2020. I know Bailey has been heel for a good long while now, but I'm still not used to it. I'm still not used to it. Mm. Yeah, it, it still seems weird, but she's managed to really make the role her own. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I mean, like, I don't know where things are going to really be going. Uh, I know if it was putting my money down on it, I'd probably say Sasha Banks for Royal Rumble 2021. I believe that. Yeah. Um, I probably I imagine that would be the storyline that they're going for. Mm. Um, mm. Otherwise, I'm not really sure um, where else they might do it. They might do something for Hell in a Cell um, and do a women's Hell in a Cell match with uh, Bailey and Sasha, which could be interesting. We shall see. We shall see how quickly We've they, got Clash uh... of Champions to come first yet, so exactly. I have no idea what's going to be happening on that pay-per-view. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see indeed. Um... Just in other news, just to clean various bits up, um, we had the debut of uh, Fred Rosser, previously Darren Young, in uh, New Japan. Nice. Great to see. Um, uh, fantastic to see. Uh, more openly visible um, LGBT wrestlers, especially for New Japan. And he did uh, a and... fantastic job as well, so I'm yeah. hoping... I'm hoping this leads to something for him. Um, yeah, I really hope it does because um, you know, obviously he didn't get the best creative rub. <laughs> I mean, you know, being partnered with Bob Backlund, you know, it's a surefire way, you should say, of being able to get you into a certain good booking part, even if Backlund is a bit nuts in this day and age. But still, <laughs> <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, yeah, he did not have the best of times. Uh, at WWE in terms of the creative no. um, so to see him not only still in, in terrific shape but to still see him, but to see him in New Japan is like you go man and he put yeah, said, no, I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy to see it I'm, I'm happy to see what see what comes of it and see what happens with this kind of New Japan run <clears throat> nice little fresh start Uh, So, going back to our previous point of Vince being an out-of-touch old man, (laughs) in my opinion, um, we do just want to quickly cover the weird statement that's now been put out, which is asking WWE talent to cease relations and engagements with third parties um, that I believe specifically are generating them revenue and i do want to make record that i may go nuclear if he cancels carnage and tv (laughs) (laughs) i yeah so you've been looking up some u.s law of all things well i say i say i've been looking it up i've been looking into the kind of distinctions that they're talking about and it's basically just in terms of distinctions for companies and tax codes and it's nothing particularly interesting i mean it is in this context but generally you'd look at it and go oh my god tax law oh my god i have to read labor laws oh gosh uh 
just for the sake of just for the sake of this and because I do want to cover my own back, none of this is actual legal advice. Please do not listen for me if you or use this for like actual legal advice. <laughs> Which begs the question, why are you coming to us for legal advice? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I will just simply say on this whole thing, a very simple thing to Vince, if for some goddamn reason he's listening. Vince, either they're independent contractors or they're not. <laughs> it's yeah. that it, it pretty mu It pretty much boils down to what the terms are for an independent contractor and what constitutes the difference between an independent contractor and an employee. Basically, in the sense of an independent contractor should have no real direct obligations to the company that is paying them beyond the terms of the contract they agree, mm. whereas an employee is basically the liability of the company they represent, is the best way to describe it. Uh, a lot of people see WWE's use of the independent contractor term just as a way to a absolve themselves of liability yeah. but also uh, as a way to not have to s provide things like um health benefits and insurance and things like that which is a very pertinent point um especially in regards to both some of wwe's practices regarding uh medical medical recovery mm. um and also terms of the wellness policy which is <laughs> another thing in itself <laughs> yeah. um, as well as the obligations from the company to the people that are working in it as well um, a lot of people have seen this as an attempt by WWE to kind of curb its talent from making revenue outside the confines mm. Mm. Um, and people, a lot of people see it as building into uh, this off touted narrative uh which i definitely think has picked up a lot more steam um in the last two years or so that wwe don't want people getting over outside the confines of the show yeah mm. which... they don't want people to build their own brands outside the confines of what they prescribe yeah um, which just baffles and boggles my mind that like you're told to stay in your lane. But uh, I mean, I, I definitely. No, I, think what, I, I think what. Sorry, I'm thinking what boggles my mind is it's like we've always heard these stories yeah. about guys, like about people of like certain employees in WWE going, wow, well, 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 this wrestler, you know, didn't grab the brass ring, you know, didn't do everything they could to get the push. And then you have people doing everything they can to get the push yeah. and then yeah. not allowing it which I is... mean I definitely I definitely think the 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 big thing here and the thing uh I definitely get I uh had this in a um a comment that was uh done on our tweet regarding this on Twitter um from another podcast uh that definitely I understand it in the context of um, you know, you don't want people going out there and giving your company a bad name. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I've said that may, this, some of this may have been down to comments that AJ Styles has made recently um, regarding uh, comment, comments regarding his positive his previous positive test for coronavirus, uh, and also what he said regarding the Paul Heyman 
yes. club situation. Carl mm. Anderson and Luke Gallows. Uh, so I don't I don't know if it feeds into that, but um, at least for my at least to my own sense, it would uh, make reference to that. But um, I, I I just see it as a weird decision because it's kind of an extension of the brand. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It it brings in people who may not consume WWE but see someone you know in the context of you know Twitch live streaming. Uh, you know, someone who may not watch WWE will could possibly come to the company from watching, I don't know, AJ Styles play Call of Duty. Mm. You know, I know wrestlers and streaming haven't always had the greatest history. <laughs> uh, Rob Van Dam, um, please stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Randy Orton, but... Well, that as well, yeah. Um... You know, I I know there's not always the greatest relationship there, but I I just see it as a really really strange decision to just kind of can this thing which a lot of a lot of their talent do use and often use very effectively. Uh, there was a tweet doing the rounds where it was like uh, Vince saw their his performers uh, raising money for a good cause and was like shut it down. <laughs> yeah, which is. Uh, <laughs> I'm it, not going to comment. <laughs> it makes me... It boils my mind as well is that you can definitely see for the most of the time uh, the people that definitely stream, they use this as a way to blow off steam and de-stress. So you take that one thing away from them and, man, you are going to... Don't expect thinking everything's going to be roses. There are going to be a lot of people that would be very stressed if you take that one thing that, that keeps them sane away from them. Well, yeah. It, I mean, this also builds into the wider conversation regarding the unionization of wrestlers, which uh, I definitely think is over. Is definitely overdue. Yeah. Uh, and, is, is it, and is its own conversation in itself for another time. I mean, yes. I mean you Unionization oh. in general, but hopefully, oh, yeah. get a better spokesperson this Ab- time for the unionization. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it we definitely needs. It definitely needs name. One. I was gonna say it definitely needs a new a new face, yes. shall we say? Yes. Um, but you know, this is de- this is definitely something that uh, will hopefully be brought to much more attention now. Um, and you know, I've seen a lot of people saying that there's going to be things like uh, potentially trying to get the IRS involved with the US version of if you're in the UK HMRC, mm. uh, who handle tax and everything. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a lot of developments hopefully to come, and we'll we'll see how things pan out with that. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, for that, that mostly covers the news. The only other small bit of news is uh, MLW is uh, supposedly due to return for tapings in November. Ooh. Very interesting. It's very interesting. With NXT UK as well returning this month as well. Yeah, it's NXT seeming, UK is returning. Seeming like most companies are feeling confident to come back, which always is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but we'll wait to well, see. Well, and NXT UK, so they've got their own studio based out of East London now, I believe. Yes, uh, in BT Studios, I believe, actually. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to seeing how that gets on. It'll be good to see Volta back uh, on our screens. And it'll be good to yes. see the-, the the man on the commentary desk to which this week's uh, podcast subject is all about. Because uh, I've missed mm. that man's dulcet tones. It's just a shame, of course, if Mario <laughs> and Nell are gone. 
that the <clears throat> best commentary duo that they had in a very long time is no longer. But he's hoping Please. in the near future that Nigel and Maro can once once again uh, commentate together because they were. Please, absolutely can I just can I just say one thing? Can can we one time have Nigel and Wade Barrett? Oh please, please! <laughs> like, can I just have? Can we have just have Wade Barrett on this show, please? I mean, I can try. Please. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you, Rich. <laughs> ah, got him. But this but is like, a, this is a bad news, Barrett. I just um, stand stand podcast. NXT UK. Nigel McGuinness and Wade Barrett slash Stu Bennett on commentary. I think that'd just be damn near perfect if you ask me. There we go. There we go. And on that note, it is time to get on to our brand new segment for this podcast. Welcome to Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, Volume 1, Nigel McGuinness. So, as I stated last week, for this segment of what we do in this podcast, I'm going to kind of try and educate people of a more casual fan base of wrestler uh, of wrestling to wrestlers that are considered very influential considered great in their own minds or just were in wwe but never made it to the big time but are still considered legendary in the industry and so my task is with each of these episodes to give ridden and dan free matches on on the subject of rest of a wrestler as well as supplementary material and have them make mm-hmm. their own minds up on whether they like this wrestler or not so there's going to be five questions main questions that we have for each of these and uh we're going to start off with the first question <clears throat> what did you two know being casual fans uh or, or mostly watch wwe at the time what did you know of Nigel McGuinness beforehand, before all of this podcast? Uh, I'll let I'll let uh, Rin take the floor first. Uh, all right, excellent. Um, I knew that it was some wrestler that Sam would not shut the fuck up about, <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I would be roped in to hearing this motherfucker's <laughs> life story, of which it is today. So. In, no, in all seriousness, I didn't know a damn thing about Nigel McGuinness. Nothing. Like, <clears throat> absolutely nothing. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so, the most of what I knew was uh, when he competed in uh, TNA as Desmond Wolf. <laughs> yes! Um, and was the perennial fan favourite that just never got to go anywhere. <laughs> He had some amazing matches with Kurt Angle. Like that, it, like the infamous fan poll that yep. they just rejected. <laughs> yes, yes. Apparently, apparently, Bischoff and Hogan were so angry with with the fact that he was constantly getting title shot after title shot because the fans wanted him to have the title. They just said, "Nah, now we can't do this now. <laughs> nah, we're good. <laughs> Sorry, bro. We're busy." <laughs> okay, so. Let's have a little little synopsis on Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness grew up, funnily enough, in Staplehurst in Kent. So he is a local boy. Oh, big Kent, massive. Big Kent boy. 
which makes which you know amazes me that you know one of the greatest if not the greatest british wrestler of all time came from kent there's a little bit of home how does it feel knowing me. that for you it just <laughs> there is the home pride for me it's just like he literally lit grew up like 40 or so minutes away from where i live <laughs> It's crazy. He managed to escape. <laughs> you know what? It's an amazing way of how he meant how he came to 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 be a wrestler. So rather than actually getting trained in this country, Nigel went over to Cincinnati, Ohio, after seeing a uh, an ad page in a wrestling magazine. He just sent letters to every American wrestling school, um, and fortunately, Les Thatcher uh, picked uh, picked up the letter, responded. And asked, invited him down to his training camp. So in about 98, uh, Nigel flew himself to Ohio, incurring large debts as well in the process, and began to train. And in about 99, uh, he wrestled his first match, which was, funny enough, part of an ABC 2020 news story. Uh, of a, if you oh. ever get the chance to see it on YouTube, which <clears throat> is on YouTube, a young, fresh-faced Nigel McGuinness delivering one of the lightest super kicks you'll ever see uh but it, is that before or during the weird hair it was before the weird hair okay. <laughs> before the weird billy idol uh hair, which is i don't care what anyone says it fit his gimmick perfectly <laughs> it did so but it also looked weird <laughs> so bad man um, it is a solid mid-2000s trim absolutely yeah, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. So after graduating at the University of Leicester with a two-one degree in chemistry, funnily enough, he ended up going full-time into wrestling. He had to unfortunately leave because his visa was up in America when he was training. Wrestled here and had two full-time jobs and then ended up going back to America. And, well, the rest is history. And as we'll find out, he had one heck of a career. So... The second segment to this is the three matches that I gave you, your thoughts, feelings, and your ratings for them. Okay. Now, the first match I gave you two was Kevin Steen versus Nigel McGuinness from 2008. This was Ring of Honor's first uh, event in Canada. Um, and funny enough, this was Kevin Owens one of Kevin Owens' favourite matches that he's ever had in his career. He's gone on uh, he's gone on note, on record for saying that. So, initial feelings when I showed you this match, right? Kevin Steen versus Nigel. All right, so, first thoughts, Kevin Steen is such a terrible goddamn name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's his actual name. But Lord Steen? Steen? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like, Owens, I know you'll beat me up one day for saying it, but I'm sorry, man. Oh, Lord. Every time I heard it, especially when the crowd is so into it and going, Steen, Steen, Steen. I'm like, what is going on? Uh, I was going to oh. say, my, my unfortunate thing about it, it's got it's got to be the singlet. <laughs> It's not the move. <laughs> now, here's the thing, right? A funny fun fact about this. Uh, Steen mm. did wrestle in shirt, in a shirt and shorts, but was told by uh, upper management and Jim Cornette, actually, to wear a singlet, even though oh. he really didn't want to. So, oh, fortunately, man. when he was nearing the that tail That explains end, why it looks so trash. Oh, yeah, it's terrible, actually. 
in the tailored, he went back to shirt and shorts, which I'm grateful that he went back to it, shirt. It's, and it's not even anything necessarily about wearing singlets. It's just that 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 particular one on Kevin on Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens just looked particularly unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. Um, I can't think of a way to describe it, but it kind of looks like the outfits when they bring in someone that that's, they mean to bring in as like a jobber. It, yeah, you know what it looks like. It looks like he looks like he's uh, some kind of weird offshoot polish wrestler <laughs> I, it's so odd do you want it to be more montreal like to have the fur de lis and it just to be a bit more blue i mean i want it, i it want it offensive out. levels of quebec yeah <laughs> i wanted to come out carrying a plate of poutine now <laughs> you know what that would it get, me, that would get me over that would get me it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it absolutely serves a job but it just looks I mean, I don't know whether or not this is me coming from someone who mostly knows um, knows Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen from WWE, yeah. and let a little bit of time from seeing videos from when he was in PWG. Uh, no, in all honesty, uh, I agree with you on this one. I never really liked the singer, even back in the day. <laughs> so you're not alone on that one. Um, so yeah. yeah, what are your... Um... Highlights. What are your most memorable moments from watching this match in particular? Okay. Uh, you know, like, watching McGuinness for the first time ever properly, I was struck by a few things. Mm. One was his hair, obviously. <laughs> like, wow, that that's a choice. That's a choice right there. But I think what struck me is that because I'm so used, I'm so used to WWE wrestling style that i yeah. forgot that the general british style is i'm going to punch this man as hard as possible <laughs> and i think yeah. what, what got me was what interested me the most was that he didn't do any body slams at all mm. Like, at all. Which I, like, even if I, I'm, like, this may be showing my brain going, but even with um the other great modern British wrestler, William Regal, mm. I remember him doing, like, body slams and suplexes and stuff like that, as well as kicking the crap out of people. McGinnis just true. kicked the crap. McGinnis just kicked the crap out of people. <laughs> in, a, in a very... Almost, un I'd like, I was like, it's a rare occasion that even without blood, mm. I was actually very uncomfortable yeah. watching <laughs> this man. Like, just literally, I'm going to twist this man's arm for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah a lot of it was um, just like, it felt weird going back and watching that. I would say going back and watching that style, just watching that style of uh technical wrestling mm. you know very focused on um working the limbs mm. kind of bringing everything into play setting things up for later and i think what's funny about you saying like technical wrestler is that even though i know it is quite technical it's there's nothing that technical about bending a man's limb in a way it's not meant to be bent. True. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what interested me and about him mm. the most was that was that style of just like of just pain, 
He just, it just seemed like he really felt, it really felt like I was watching like a very British thing of, of, it's like the, like his wrestling style is the equivalent of like a Millwall brick. <laughs> See, because the moment you said that, I was going to say it's like, it feels like the wrestling equivalent of like Vinnie Jones. Where yeah. it's literally just like, I am going to hurt you as much as possible and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, yeah. Which was very interesting to see. And I quite enjoyed actually like seeing him work, seeing him do his stuff. Oh. And um just just yeah, there's something so very laddish about him which I really appreciated. Mm. Yeah. It's very as I said, his gimmick very much was like, I am a hooligan. I am a technical guy, but I have a I have a brutal side to me that you do not want to see. <laughs> I can yeah. definitely appreciate that and see how that translates well into uh, heel for Americans. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, even though at one point he was incredibly over with the Ring of Honor crowd as well, um, which yeah. we will get into. Uh, yeah. But are there any fa- like favorite spots from this match? Because there's definitely I... one I I really appreciate, and apparently one that Kevin Owens still feels to this day <laughs> honestly i think it oh was i know the one that you mean <laughs> yeah uh, honestly for me it's not really even a, that much of a spot but for me seeing the like the jawbreaker lariat for the first time yeah. was was like was like oh my god <laughs> like just the just the stiffest goddamn like i am a a huge clothesline lariat yeah. fan yeah I love them. Like, there's a reason why, despite myself, I will always appreciate JBL. It's because <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I just love a good lariat. Yep. And he, he, put some, he put mustard behind those uh, lariats. Just, hey, you must say he put he put mustard. He put bloody everything behind. Them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a meal of a lariat. He put a right whole there. he put a whole plate of mustard behind that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so ratings out of five then for this match um i would give it i'd give it a solid four out of five i think they both really worked well together seeing like steen running around and like it's it's funny it's seeing um kevin kevin kind of slightly looser and younger yeah, yeah. and like Really putting his whole body into that cannonball. <laughs> I was gonna say that that like the Irish whip into uh, Kevin like cannonballing into the barrier was like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does show how he can hit it so goddamn great because it's like he can do it on command. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he hit that. He hit that flush. Um, when we were talking about spots, because I just wanted to go over one. Uh, briefly hmm. um the i i don't know exactly how to classify it it was like a, a modified surfboard stretch yes where mm. he was using his knees mm. and like yeah. pulling the arms back that yeah. thing looked painful <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was really really great and i mean like we're talking about him doing heel work i don't that that so patently fits in amazingly yeah. Ah, uh, your rating, Dan? 
Uh, I'm going to give it four and a half stars. The extra half star goes for when he said, um, oh shit, after taking the pop-up power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> <laughs> um, that. That it would have got five stars, but it didn't take place in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> um, what, what can I say? That's very fair. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? Very fair summation. And uh, if, you, if anyone listening has not seen this match, I highly recommend going to see it. If not for the fact you get to see Kevin Steen folded like, up like an accordion on the hardest part of the ring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, we go on to the next match. It is Nigel McGuinness versus Daniel Bryan at the Liverpool Olympia for the Unified Ring of Honor Championship. Yes, the Pure and Ring of Honor World titles are up for grabs. In yeah, Nigel's I would just like to country. say... Mm. Initial uh, thoughts and feelings on this one. Okay, um, I have a few initial thoughts and feelings. First of all, I think we should probably do a Pokédex for pure wrestling. Oh, yeah, I was, I was gonna say one, one of my, I think one of my favorite bits about this was the added jeopardy of the Ring of Honor pure rules. Yeah, pure rules, right? Raiden, do you want to t- t- take this one, or do you would like I, me to take I, this one? I'd like you to take it. Okay, so the Ring of Honor. Pure Championship, or Pure Rules, was first established in 2004, retired in 2006, but then brought back this year. Unfortunately, there wasn't actually any pure matches at the time, but the Pure Wrestling Rules are as follows. There are three main rules that you should know. One, each wrestler has three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls. After a wrestler uses up his three rope breaks, they're out of play. And uh, any attempts using the ropes or trying to uh, use them to for the pins and submissions, they're considered legal now. You can use the ropes in any way, shape or form. But you cannot use them as rope breaks. Second, no closed fist punches. Uh, first punch that you do with a closed fist receives a warning. Second one takes away one of your rope breaks. And the third one, you are subjected to a 20 count if you go outside of the ring. Now, unlike any other championships that we know, uh, every other average championship, the pure championship can change hands via disqualification or a countout. So very, very different kind of rules uh, mm. to what we usually know. But it did deliver, if you ask me, some incredibly good matches. And honestly, I think Nigel really um, raised the bar uh, for pure uh, wrestling. Um, for the RS yeah. Pure Championship, because he had amazing matches, not only with Danielson, but he also had amazing matches with Chris Saban, Doug Williams, uh, Jimmy Rave, uh, AJ Styles. He had an amazing match with Samoa Joe uh, just shortly before this, before you know going in to have this rivalry with Danielson. So this would have been the second or third match that they had met, but this would have been the second time they would have met for, to unify both titles yeah it i mean i definitely think it fits his style very much um, so. and i think it's a thing that is really great because i think so much of it was so much of this match was built into the inherent drama that the pure rules brings yeah and just like you know seeing them and then it's like they're getting to the ropes to break it up and like and it's really cool because you see that they're like earlier on in the match they're trying to like not stop themselves from using the ropes yeah so it definitely leans into that kind of more 
physical in-ring storytelling as opposed to anything else you would have been getting from, say, like promos or anything else at the time. Indeed. Indeed. Um, You know, there's so much physical drama that goes into it that I really, really like this match. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say one thing. uh, This is, I from like looking up some of the supplementary material that you sent Sam. Mm. I know that I will probably be doing some hot takes on this match. No, in that for it. yeah, I, I think um, like so I'll tell you my rating. It, it, it well, it gets strangely enough, it gets four and a half stars for me, mm-hmm. but I actually prefer the Steen one. Interesting. Which is which is funny. And like <laughs> technically, technically, objectively, it is the better match. It is. Mm. I mean, it has. It has um, Daniel Bryan for his WWE name. (laughs) (laughs) Bryan Danielson. Um, I I will say, really quick note, um, no no beard um, Danielson is cursed. Yeah, no beard beard shaved head. It's cursed, man. That is is vicious Daniel Bryan um, when you get a bald, no beard. Yeah, I know, but it was cursed. Um, <laughs> I I think what brings it down in terms of like my enjoyment, despite it being a better match, is the fact that um, McGuinness was face, actually. Uh, yeah, I think the one thing you can definitely uh, realise from this is because it's a, home, a home, hometown yeah. advantage. You could definitely know Brian was going in knowing that he should play the heel in this one because the crowd yeah. were not, never going to be on his side. Yeah. No, I, which, yeah. which, which and it is, makes perfect sense to do yeah. that. Yeah, it's a see, it's a good, it's a, it makes perfect sense on paper, but I think if they had just kept it like they're still doing the face and heel, but just because of the crowd, they're going to be on his side. I think that would have worked a bit better. Hmm. In terms of my enjoyment for it, yeah, because I think because we have this weird kind of dissonance between (laughs) his style, which is just like I'm going to attempt. I'm if I can physically rip out my opponent's heart, I will. (laughs) 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 And yet, having been like, yeah, I'm this like this hometown hero, hometown. I just kind of like I feel like if you just had him as the guy mm. it would have been it would have been funny but on the other hand like what a match just great and of course we had the disgusting disgusting <laughs> ring post spot yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which genuinely concussed mcginnis uh, yeah. I'm not surprised color me amazed with one heck uh, <laughs> of, of of a bump on his head <laughs> um, I just see that. I'm like, just blade, my dude. Oh, man. Um, I think the one thing that gets me of all time is you can hear the funk as yeah. he hits the ring post. <laughs> Oofed. Like, having him open up for real was nasty. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think and I think the horror actually snuck up on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like I watched it and I was kind of like, ah, oh, he bladed. And I'm like, wait, no, he didn't. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> there's just there's just a there's just a single blade on the ring post. <laughs> yeah, because you know what I think did it because when you see the camera angle, it looks like Daniel Bryan is like 
going obviously for like for like the blade and to give to him. Yeah. But I'm like, wait a minute, there's no way he could have owned. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> so yeah, Dad, thoughts? Uh, I guess a little bit thoughts and uh, rating. Yeah. Um. I mean, for this one, I actually uh, get. I actually did kind of the opposite where I rated this one uh, just a little bit lower. Mm. Um, But, um, I mean, if you want a a technical wrestling showcase, this is probably a great place to start. Um, There was an early uh, arm wrench spot that was really, really well executed with um, doing the uh, head, like the, when you're in the arm wrench, you do the headstand flip turn it around he put it in a hammerlock oh, fantastic yeah. Uh, yeah. fantastic sequence there yeah. mm. um i have to say as well the spot where they just start slapping the hell out of each other oh that was great that's that's like so great and i i love seeing that even though it was, it was kind of like a as far as i know it was kind of like a fixture of his matches yes where they literally just start striking each other and then just like going at it, but it was just so great to just see them trading them. And there's one of them that McGuinness does on Brian. They're like, you just hear like the fud through the camera. <laughs> uh, I have to say though, my favorite spot was um, uh, so for those that don't know, uh, Brian's primary uh, finisher. Uh, primary submission movie this time was called The Cow Mutilation. Which is the greatest submission ever made. Which is a... Uh, <laughs> I, need to get, oh. I need to get this right. Uh, double underhook arm wrench, but basically doing a bridge while holding the arms up. Oh, okay. This is, it's... this is a hot take for me. I don't understand how the... what The Cattle Mutilation is supposed well, to Well, so, it, so it's supposed... Because what it's supposed to do is it's basically supposed to hold your arms up and push your push your shoulders into a really awkward position right but it's like because from what ba- was... basically all you, all you would ever need to do is you could just do a double underhook while they're sitting down because mm. when i was looking Daniel at brian it... goes mm, let me just like do a bridge while i'm on my head <laughs> yeah it's it's a, it's a crazy looking but i kind of like is that supposed to like at first i thought it was supposed to be a in a weird, interesting kind of sleeper hold, mm. only for like, only to like to compress the lungs. That's what, because that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of about lungs. putting the shoulders in an awkward position, and it also kind of pushes the chest out as well. So if they're yeah. on the floor, it's kind of puts pressure on it. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I, I, it didn't. It like it looked painful, but I wasn't. I was confused as to how it takes. It, was a, it takes a moment to look at and actually register what's happening because mm. it just honestly, the first time you see it, it just looks like a bundle of arms have been stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you're not wrong, and you're not wrong. Uh, and then you start to realize that. Uh, oh no, that does actually look quite. Oh crap! Yeah, they're really selling that quite. Oh crap! That does look yeah. painful. <laughs> um, <laughs> the them working a sequence out of it with Brian having it in uh, McGuinness kind of slowly working himself to get out of it while not using while not using the ropes getting back into the seat position Daniel Rome has in like a double underhook mm. um, and then kind of inverting that and then putting Daniel Bryan into his own submission is a fantastic piece of uh, in-ring storytelling and all while pretty much keeping the same uh, pretty much keeping the same clinch together 
I I, um, I will say my pro like this like as as funny as it sounds, my favorite um part of the match was the ending of just yes the most disgusting just elbow him to death <laughs> like 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 um, I, how, I have to say like, like the warriors um, like elbow a man to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally just like going at. I do have to say as well, the reaction from the UK crowd. Oh yeah, was, they yeah. were not happy. Not <laughs> it happy. was. It was something, especially they were in Liverpool. I hope Daniel Bryan was keeping himself safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did proclaim himself to be better than the Beatles during his introduction, so he was oh. he was garnering nuclear heat. Uh, before that match. Um, oh yeah. Are we uh, sure the Daniel Bryan we're seeing now is actually the real Daniel Bryan, and he didn't know he didn't like get seriously injured while he was in Liverpool? Is it like that would make sense with the clone? Hair. Maybe like the real, maybe the Daniel Bryan that we're seeing today is the is the real Daniel Bryan. Like he came out of his pod, just all like, <laughs> like all bearded up and wild. It's like I've been out for five years. What happens? Yeah, just feral. Just feral Daniel Bryan loose, and it, we're going to see we're going to see them two fight Gemini Man style. It's going to be sick. It's going to be great. <laughs> that would be that. That's the retirement match we all want to see: Brian Danielson versus Daniel Bryan. Uh... <laughs> Yo, I lost it. Real talk. I lost the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dad, uh, you said you were going to rate it lower. What was that rating? Oh, four four stars rather than four and a half stars for the last one. Interesting. Interesting. Now. Before we actually move on, I'm glad that you guys did that because I wanted to kind of say this little bit at the end because um, I didn't want to say it at the beginning. This is considered by a lot of people, actually, as one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Oh, I'm sure. Is definitely I'm sure. is up there in... It's probably my favourite match of all time, uh, from my, I, my opinion. I can understand it. Hmm. It's a bit too... Literally, literally, actually, it's a bit too grounded for me. Yeah, that is. It's yeah, a... no, I can, I can totally see hmm. why people say this is such a, a great wrestling match. I do have to say, my rankings are my own subjective. Absolutely. I'm not trying to be. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to pretend that I'm being objective and talking about the quality <laughs> of the wrestling. If I'm talking about the quality of the wrestling, I'd probably given this a six out of five. Yeah, like, like the t- technically, there's. N- nothing i can see there is no repute it's like like one interesting thing about mcginnis is that despite his style being so like just strike heavy as fuck i'm like i am very impressed by its technical prowess and like the guy's got like three different variations of a lariat (laughs) yeah like technically it there's nothing i can say but i will say it's a bit too it's, yeah, it's a bit too technical for me. Yeah, it's like I, it's just like it's a great match. And this but, is but... why I was very, very wanting to show you these matches, especially mm. to you, Red, and being a, such a casual fan and a, a guy a, a, who loves the the um, out of the box, the air, the extraordinary, the the grandeur mm. and the glitz of, of wrestling. To have yeah. something so very grounded and very kind of combat sports like. I want yeah. to get your gauge on that. So yeah, I think that's the thing. And yeah, and the worst part for me is that if it was like more, it's like in it's for me, it's in this weird in between where it's just 
it's too pageantry to be real, like grounded <laughs> and rough, and too rough to have the pageantry. <laughs> That's so Ring of like, Honor in a nutshell at that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think like like I I do wonder, am I being unfair, and am I just so used to the high level of presentation? <laughs> that maybe that's what's doing it interesting maybe that that might be it but i don't quite think mm. it is because i i do feel like there was something if there was something a little bit more i like more in terms of emotions yeah i would have loved it a lot more if you want is like this this should have had a my way package before the before the match oh i yeah. mean i mean my entire life needs a my way package right <laughs> <laughs> but who amongst us would not like a my way package for just making breakfast like i mean you're not <laughs> wrong you're really not wrong <laughs> <laughs> like, but no i think that i think that's what kind of holds it back for me despite it being higher rated for me yeah no like i said it, it in terms of the in terms of the technicals and everything that goes into the i mean to pardon the pun pure wrestling <laughs> um that goes into it it's just amazing and you know watching some of the sequences that they did um really really amazed me because it kind of shows how i know a lot of people often call like the technical wrestling like simple wrestling you know, it's not it's not flashy. It's not particularly like you know entertaining per se. Mm. But I actually thought it was really really interesting looking at the ways that they work the various bits out. And like I said, I think for me picking out that one of my favorite sequences was just kind of a sequence from an arm wrench, just as a kind of a starting spot. Really, mm. just speaks to the ability of these two. Yeah. Um, there was never really anything in it that was you know as flashy or as crazy as the steam match or as the match we're about to discuss <laughs> but it just holds up so much on its own merit indeed indeed and great segue by the way dan because now we go on to uh the final match that i picked out for these two 2008 in tennessee nigel mcginnis versus jerry lynn for the ring of honor world championship Initial thoughts and feelings. I mean, because my first initial feeling was like, oh God, we have, I think I'm going to have to do a, one of these on Jerry Lynn. <laughs> so, you, might, you might have to. You might have to convince me because I personally don't think this was the best showing for him. No, no. He's had, I'll be honest, he's had, this was very much late into his career. Um, yeah. I think this was the, his final run, actually, in wrestling. And everyone knows his... Uh, now iconic matches against Rob Van Dam in ECW. Uh, yeah. And his weird little runner's light heavyweight champion when he was into death metal in WWE. <laughs> um, and his amazing matches against AJ and Loki in TNA. So it, it blew everyone's mind that Jerry was still wrestling at this time and still actually at the main event picture going up against Nigel McGuinness. But uh, your thoughts, Dan, on, on this one initial. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean... One of the big parallels I did bring up with this was just the ECW. Mm. <clears throat> it definitely has a lot of that kind of classic ECW spirit. Yes. Um, and just, I think a lot of it is just this kind of thing of two, just two workers just kind of going at it and just, 
not necessarily showing off, but just showing what they can do. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, it has that kind of mix of the the technicals, the chain sequences, uh, kind of couple flashier spots as well. So it kind of it's kind of like a an all an all in one match. It yeah. is. The, the the buffet of the matches, if you will. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. There's certainly the harvest of salad bar. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is a lot more that happens in. Or you can eat soup match. and salad at Olive Garden for our US listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for 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 getting that um, US market. I I wouldn't have had one. I wouldn't have. One. <laughs> I but... still remember my two weeks in the US. <laughs> <laughs> I oh I remember eating in the US and we won't talk about it. But um <laughs> after afterwards. <laughs> but no, um there was a lot I just feel like out of the three matches, this is the one where it felt a little jumbled. Yeah. I I I wanted to like this match. I really did, mm. but this gets honestly, this gets like a two point five to a three. Yeah. I, I I just I I honestly think it just it wasn't the best showing for either of them. I don't think they meshed that well with each other. Mm. However, I will I will always like a table in any circumstance. Yeah. Yep. And I I think it was funny seeing like like I just like seeing someone fall into the a two a table that looks just literally like a table. I yep. quite realize. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we know that the um the WWE tables. I, I if I hate if anyone's listening who doesn't want to be spoiled, like uh, knowing the truth about Santa Claus. Cover your ears for a bit. But <laughs> the um the tables in WWE are gimme so that they can go very easily. Yes, which gives them that beautiful, lovely, just splintering everywhere that everyone yeah. loves and that amazing. Uh, the amazing crash fud yeah. boom of oh, a table that, set. That beautiful yeah. crunch. That and then you have New Japan tables. <laughs> yeah, then you have New Japan tables which that are, are made from the spirit of Minoru Suzuki. By <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the spirit that are, of the... That are literally just actual tables that they went and bought from a shop that do not yeah. like to break. <laughs> yeah, I, I think these are like the... the, um, the ROW, the ROW, ROH tables are kind of in that weird middle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm like, I look at them, I'm like, ow, that table splintered and not in a good way <laughs> because it's still up. <laughs> that did not look nice at all. <laughs> uh, no, no, you know, in all honesty, I, I very much agree with you on that one, Reardon, um, mm. and that summation of it. Dan, uh, yeah, you're, you're kind of like little uh, uh, favourite spot and rating for this one. Uh, one thing I do want to give attention to, and to be fair, this is a running thing throughout, throughout these matches. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of a small thing that I do pick up on. I know a lot of more hardcore wrestling fans will pick up on it and or care about it. But um, at least a lot of the time when I've been watching these matches, they none of the wrestlers look at the ref when they're doing the pin. Mm. It's a small thing, 
but it is a thing that I do pick up. Um, uh, if, if we're talking about small things that we pick up, um, I one thing I do pick, I did pick up, which kind of like lessened my love of the, of all three matches was the actual fans of like because, no, because I was kind of like. I kind of like listening to some of the stuff that these guys are saying. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, 2000, 2007, 2008. Uh, yeah, Ring of Honor fans back in that day, uh, mind, mind you, I'd even wager to argue nowadays. Oh, gosh, they're a different breed of wrestling fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're the kind of, like, and I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of those guys have, have like changed up would look at some of their the stuff they're saying now and kind of go like oh god yeah that was not okay yeah i mean like i mean one of the few chants that i was there and actually even bothered paying attention was when they just started chanting fuck you nigel which was uh, an uh, inventive i'll say an interesting yeah. one <laughs> yeah that's a yeah that shocked me actually i was like whoa <laughs> But I, but like, yeah, and I, I like it. It's not a huge thing, but I do think it's something that I want to point out. Yeah, mm. and it was weird and a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, so like, as a, as a, as a small thing, you know, like knowing that they weren't like just like because like it's a thing a lot of wrestlers do now where they just like look at the ref for the count, and so when they know when to do the kick out. But mm. seeing, knowing that they weren't doing it, at least most of the time, was very good. Um, there was a really good sequence at the end with... Um, so it's McGinnis going for the uh, Wristlock Lariat, otherwise known as the Rainmaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, going for it, uh, then Lynn countering into the German suplex, German suplex, then setting up in the corner for Alabama Slam, uh, which then Lynn turns into a gotch power driver uh, with the rope break. Fantastic sequence. Oh, yeah. Like, literally not much I can fault with that entire sequence. Lovely. <laughs> oh, final rating then, sir. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, solid match. Uh, definitely a good one. Uh, definitely leaned a bit more into the kind of theatrical ECW side. Yes. Yeah. I will say that there, like, of the matches, there were no bad matches. Oh, no, 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 no. None of none of them were bad. I, if we were going to say it, I would probably say if you want entertainment, the Kevin Steen match. Yeah. If you want pure technicals, Daniel Bryan, and then if you want kind of something more excite excitable, probably yeah. the Jerry Lynn match. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I wanted to give you guys that wide spectrum. It could have been so much easier for easier for me to just go right. I'm going to give you every single Daniel Bryan match that they had. Yeah, um, oh yeah, uh, and that kind of would have just given <clears throat> you I, just I think, one dimension think... of Nigel. I wanted to give you like yeah, I think that's spectrum. definitely the the thing about this. Yeah, um, you know, looking, I mean, looking at the versatility of the man. Oh yeah, you know, able to work something completely different with three different people who all kind of do different things um you know going from the the pure technicals to the kind of more raw style match with kevin steen to the more kind of uh what some people might term like the big tv style the old school ecw style with jerry lynn mm -hmm. 
uh, and having that having that versatility is so important for a, any any performer. Oh yeah, indeed, indeed. <clears throat> so, with that, the final two questions I have for you: Would you have liked this wrestler slash Would you have liked these matches? Uh, if you saw them at the time they were shown. So say, like me, you were a guy that was watching the wrestling channel back in 2006 to 2008 and you were really into Ring of Honor. Would you have put yourself in that kind, those kind of shoes for a moment and would you would you have liked these matches more, I'd that say, is... if, you, if, they were, if you were there at the time? That is a very, very good question for me. And I think, Dan, you take this question that I have to think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might be coming from the same place as you in this context. <laughs> because I, I definitely know now that I can very much appreciate this. Yeah. I don't know if I... I don't know if necessarily myself at that time specifically would have appreciated it yeah I, you know what or I... like or liked it as much because mm. i mean at that time i was basically only conditioned into the wwe style <laughs> yeah but i think that's a big uh like cause I, cause I, have, I... I have to say yeah. if it was if i took myself back to then and saw those matches from like now and watched them when they were happening i would have been all in on them yeah i think that i think i'm the same with that i think it was very interesting about Nigel McGuinness because I did um, look, I did do a little bit of the supplementary material that you gave us, Sam. Yeah. To, to give us a bit more of a wider view. I didn't watch the last of McGuinness because it looked so sad and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I won't run. I was just like, no. No, it is. Uh, but, yeah. But I think um, from what I gathered and thinking back, on those matches is that I think one issue McGuinness had is that honestly he was very ahead of his time very ahead of his time yeah like, yeah that's always kind of the curse <laughs> yeah I'm like I look at him and I'm especially and especially seeing like future future big stars of the WWE and, and, and specifically NXT specifically mm. I I like this guy was almost the first shot of the NXT era. Mm. At least that's or at least that. Yeah, at least I, definitely, I definitely think I definitely think that that's that's a thing. Um, I don't have any recollection of it. Did he ever wrestle in Japan? He wrestled yeah, uh, for Pro Wrestling Noah actually when they were in yeah, a joint Noah. agreement with Ring of Honor. He had some amazing yeah. matches with uh, Marafuji. Uh, yeah, because I was gonna say because his, I mean yeah. his, I mean his style definitely fits yeah, the uh, the Japanese yeah. style. Mm. Um, and what you said about him being ahead of his time is that um, this might sound like a weird distinction, but I do kind of see a lot of um, a lot of the things he does. I do see in a lot of wrestlers now. The one that for some reason is coming to mind is uh, John Moxley. Really. Yeah. Um... As a matter of fact, that rebound lariat is named yeah. Nigel in tribute to to, to Nigel himself. Oh, yeah, because wow. I, I was gonna say because I definitely remember I I obviously knew he did that move because he used to do it all the time. Mm. Um, and I definitely remember someone else doing it recently. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly I... actually uses it as well. Kyle um... O'Reilly as well, yeah. 
I think, like, yeah, in terms of... So, yeah, when you say ahead of his time, I definitely think that rings true. Could you imagine if this guy was around now for NXT UK? Honestly, honestly, looking at this guy, I'm like, God, if he was in the the golden age of New Japan right now, he would be a monster heel. Just (laughs) absolute... Nigel McGuinness in Bullet Club. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I think that's what kind of kind of hurt because I was watching because I was watching and I did some more a little bit more research to hear his story I was I felt so upset that he never had his big moment in Japan mm. because if there was ever a wrestler from my knowledge that would have just had oh would have a great time in Japan it would be Nigel McGuinness mm. I think that's what kind of heard about it honestly kind of looking at because i was kind of expecting a little bit more and you don't yeah yeah and, uh, man that i for me that is always kind of like the really upsetting part about about nigel's career um but mm. we'll get we'll get heck we'll <laughs> i'll get into that as we wrap up uh yeah. on, on this one uh, about what uh, about what happened after uh, all of this uh next question uh, I guess then, moving from this is, would you be going out of your way now to watch more of Nigel's matches uh, after seeing these three? You know, it's funny you say that. I actually, I had this four because I was looking at the questions and I was like, yes, but in all honesty, I, to be specific, I would like, I want to see Nigel McGuinness doing pure wrestling matches. <laughs> Because if anything, I think this exercise really sold me with the pure wrestling matches. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> no, uh, agreed. In that case, then, I highly recommend you go out and uh, it is on YouTube to look for the Nigel versus Samoa Joe match for the pure championship. That's a Nigel versus Samoa That's Joe? That's basically Reardon's dream now. Yes. Excuse it has me? Samoa Joe in it. He'll watch it anyway. <laughs> I hate that you just call me out like this on the podcast, Dan. Right? Try me. Oh my god, that exists. I want it. I want it now. <laughs> I will link it to you after we're done here for sure. Uh, Dan, would you be going out of your way to to watch more of Nigel? Absolutely. I did it when I first found out that he was also Desmond Wolf in TNA. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, who is this man? I need to know everything. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. So, yes, what, what did happen to Nigel? It's, it is indeed quite a, a really sad, but in, it ultimately a very, very happy story. So in 2009, 2010, um, Nigel and Brian uh, get a tryout for WWE, which they're both very successful in and both get contracts. Unfortunately, due to the medicals that they both received, uh, Nigel was seen as having uh, bad bicep problems, which he had suffered. He had uh, torn biceps, which he naturally healed on the advice of his doctor. And so his doctor was absolutely adamant that he was absolutely fine. Nigel knew he was absolutely fine. Um, But WWE doctors were not clearing him and asked him to go for the surgery. Unfortunately, Nigel couldn't afford the surgery at the time and thus his contract offer was rescinded shortly after that he would debut in tna as desmond wolf and would end up having amazing matches against kurt angle ended up being part of fortune 
uh, at one point, uh, which is uh, less said about that, the better. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, he, he was there for the whole Ric Flair Jay Lethal thing. He was indeed. He was indeed. Uh, but he uh, um, kind of unceremoniously vanished from uh, television and then popped up a year later as commissioner. And then less than a month after that, he was unceremoniously fired um, from TNA. Now, there were a lot of conflicting stories at this time of what had happened. Or what had, uh, why would someone as incredibly talented and gifted as Nigel be suddenly wiped off the face of the earth at TNA? People were saying brain damage. People were saying he was had some had AIDS or HIV. Uh, what is known and what is what he confirmed in the Last of the Guinness documentary, which if you haven't seen, I seriously recommend uh, you watch. Even though it is a very, very sad watch at times, um, he confirmed that he did contract hepatitis B, um, which isn't as uh, deadly uh, as hepatitis C. As a matter of fact, it can is curable. Um, but... Uh, uh, he did not know how he got it, and um, he knew for a fact that he did, it wasn't from uh, bleeding. It certainly, he certainly knew it wasn't from sharing needles or having sex. Um, but he definitely knew that probably one of the root causes of it was an unclean ring canvas and just people intentionally bleeding all the time. And so he had a retirement tour in 2011. Uh, which again was documented in the last of McGuinness documentary. Again, highly recommended if you go out of your way and watch that. And then, unfortunately, he uh, retired shortly after that, um, and then started a Kickstarter to fund his documentary, which received overwhelming support. Uh, I think it reached about fifty thousand dollars, which is nice. unprecedented for a Kickstarter <laughs> project for a wrestler. Uh, and then he moved to Los Angeles in 2012 to not only get that made, but to pursue uh, other avenues such as filmmaking um, and writing. But I think the, the great thing about this is that his dream was always to be in the WWE and to be a WWE wrestler. Um, after so long of, you know, uh, all of these trials and tribulations, insurmountable odds stacked against him. Nigel finally got to achieve his dream in 2017 when he was made a member of the broadcast team in WWE. And I remember being so, so happy upon seeing that they had hired Nigel, that he finally got to achieve his dream of actually getting there. Um, and as I said, you know, uh, in the news part, he ended up being probably one half of the greatest duo that they've had in a very long time with him and Mauro Ranello and Percy Watson. Percy oh, Watson. Absolutely. I don't care what anyone says. Percy Watson was good as well. <laughs> yes, Percy Watson. Let's go. <laughs> Percy Watson was great. I mean, the three of them, oh. especially in the Gargano and Champa matches, were absolutely phenomenal commentary work there. Um, and so, uh, yes, nowadays he is back and he will be doing the commentary for NXT UK. When I heard he was furloughed, I was very worried that we wouldn't see Nigel again, but I'm so glad that they stuck with him and now he's working again for NXT UK. And my hope is that, you know, you know, in a perfect world, Daniel Bryan's retirement match would be against Nigel at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. 
That's very true. Uh, but, you know, this isn't a perfect world. I think that would be a great way to, to end Daniel Bryan's career. Uh, you know, he gets to do the retirement on his own terms and do it against possibly his... Uh, I would go out on a limb and say my favourite rival that he's had, that Daniel Bryan's had against Nigel. I definitely sure. think it would be a very poetic end to it all. I oh, mean, yeah. Nigel's now cleared of hepatitis B. He's been cleared for, well, since 2011, <laughs> actually, when he, oh, fir- okay. when he first got it. So he is, I'd say, you know, he's more than... He's more than all right to go in that ring again. It's just you... that thing of like one final match. Yeah, just the one more. Like me, I you know I I don't see him like getting it unfortunately, but I would actually be pretty hype if he got a special Royal Rumble appearance. That would be very cool. I'd be hyped to seeing that if they if they if oh, they did, if they ever did that. Uh, the perfect time it would have to be Brian would have to be in the ring. There's no oh, other yeah. way of doing yeah. that than to have Brian in the ring for that. And so that concludes Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, Volume 1 on Nigel McGuinness. Um, wow. Uh, I really, really enjoyed doing that. It's been such a, it's been a blast. Actually. We know you've been waiting for this for so long. So, you got it. so, so long. Um, but yeah, actually, yeah. Before we uh, get on to the to the ending of this, I actually want to say a couple of thanks um, to Nigel himself for being an incredible, amazing wrestler mm-hmm. and for just producing classic after classic. And really, kind of in a, as as you guys said, he kind of really was ahead of his time and really innovated wrestling as we know it today. Absolutely, um, I really, I really can see it. It was kind of scary. <laughs> uh, to Ring of Honor as well uh, for actually having these matches on YouTube for everyone to see. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, to Joseph Monticello for doing that amazing Nigel versus Brian documentary, cutting. A, everyone you know, watch that essay. It's oh my god, it's so good. Like so, comparing Nigel versus Brian to Amadeus is just that is a stroke of genius. That is like. I, I am a mark for any Armadeus comparison, but that <laughs> one was just mwah, perfect. And, Loved it to pieces. And to Today ev- in sentences I never thought I'd ever hear. <laughs> <laughs> and of course to Daniel Bryan for, for, for being the greatest rival for him and bringing out the absolute best. And honestly, I think if it weren't for those matches, I don't think we'd... I don't think Daniel Bryan would have been as half as successful as he is in WWE and being yeah, yeah. considered the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, Nigel, thanks for giving me Kofi Mania. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. He's not, you're not wrong. Frank, like, frankly, thanks. Cheers, Nigel. <laughs> See, Nigel, if you're listening, you are the cause of everything. And that's a good thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, next week's episode, Dan, what have we got? Well, are you ready? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a deflated balloon. I was like, oh no, it's all deflated, <laughs> aren't we? Oh. Uh, next, next week, it's time to break it down. We're talking about DX. Hey. Hey. That is going to be a fun one. And again, so much crop. So much crotch shopping. So much crotch <laughs> yeah. shopping. Is, is this another one where we're going to have to be angry at Triple H again? No. I mean, <laughs> I mean yes, but... Well, yes, but actually no. 
And the, actually, no, the thing is, we could actually be at a time, we could actually be quite angry at Shawn Michaels, but I will save that for next week. <laughs> yeah. Again, yes, but also no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, until then, I've been Sam, this has been Rid and Dan, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Bye! Oh, shit! <laughs> Bye!